Hi, everyone. Hello. Sorry. What's so funny? Welcome back to the Old Warlock Podcast, episode number... 10. 10. 10. Yes. We are two past... Zane. What's 10 in French? 10. I, I don't... I, this is sad. I don't know. What is it in Italian? Nove dieci. Dieci. Zen in German. It's... Yes. Yo yes. in Korean. It's oh, that's true. It is. Yeah, you do know some Korean, don't you? Not very much. Like 17 words. That, yeah, just the basics. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so we've, <laughs> we've expanded upon our international you know language how knowledge. intelligent we are now. But yeah. this is episode 10. That's right. We made it. Confetti sound. Pop. <sighs> that's my crowd sound. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's the World Cup, so imagine like a World Cup crowd. Cheering bigger than the World Cup crowds cheering. Well, actually, yes, we realized this the other day. We were thinking about this. If we take all of the views that our YouTube channel has as a whole, it comes out to around 75,000. And if you take all 75,000 people and you put them into a stadium, it's bigger than some of the World Cup stadiums. Look at us. That are being played wow. in right now. Granted, a lot of those people leave about two minutes into the game. <laughs> or less. But. <laughs> and you mean, two, mean leave two minutes into the video. Into the video, yeah. yeah. But there's still a World Cup stadium plus of people who have watched us. And to be honest with you, it's a little weird. It's it's kind of, It kind of freaks you out if you think about it too much. Yep. Can't think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, and, and, and it's people in multiple countries um, all over the world yeah who it, actually it, do speak the languages we just tried to speak yes and who are much smarter than we are mm-hmm. and i don't know it's 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 just a bit odd but um we're gonna keep doing it anyway because you know it validates us in some weird psychological level. yeah exactly but. my narcissism is encouraged but uh what we wanted to do today is start off with a brand new segment called i don't know what he's talking about so. alexander Tells you what music he thinks you'll like. Oh. <laughs> this is a one-time only segment. It will not well, happen I don't know. Again. We, we may continue it. I doubt it. You're probably right. Um, the reason this came about was because Alexander has had a couple, of, more than more than a couple of comments about his look, shall we say. Yeah, I did get my hair cut like last week, so it may not be quite as he claims to have gotten it voluminous. Cut. I mean, it's it was like you know quarter of an inch taken yeah. off of it. But anyway, I, I didn't want to disappoint you guys. Anyway, um, anyway, um, but the comments were that he looks like more than just one band member from some 1970s bands. Electric Light Orchestra being the well, but there was another one. Who else was the other one? Um, no, there was another one. I can't remember who it was now. I don't know. But, but anyway, so in that vein, we have found this to be funny. We have. And in that vein, what I decided to do, uh, I'm a big fan of, you know, classic rock anyway, being raised by him. Don't and know how if it's not there. Led Zeppelin or Bachman Turner Overdrive, it's not music. So Which is true. In his opinion. Not mine, but But in my his. opinion is all that matters in this situation. In any situation, really. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> I went out and I found uh, I did not direct him to do this. Through some friends of mine, some bands that wait, I wait, think... Wait, 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 friends of yours? Some friends of mine that I think... I, I'm going to unplug your microphone. No, you're not. Um, Some bands that I think you guys will enjoy, because chances are, i got to be honest with you, if I had to take a guess, make a bet, I would say that a lot of you probably like the same music that he does, because 
you know, raised Accor- on the same thing. Well, and according to YouTube demographics, most of you are Roughly, closer to my age than closer to his age. Yeah, there's a, there's a little sprinkle of people who are around my age, but right. most of them are around his age. So uh, I have decided to recommend two bands to you guys who are consist of people my age or slightly older who make music that sounds a lot like the music you guys will probably and, like. And actually, I really like both of those bands. Yes, they're quite they, good. They, they are very good. Uh, they have a real 70s sound to them that is, is actually really, really good. The first one that I definitely recommend you guys is called Greta Van Fleet, which I'm sure that a lot of you have maybe heard of if you have some sort of regular appearance on social media, if you spend a lot of time on social media. Regular appearance or regular appearance? Appearance. Appearance. Yeah, you, should, you look through social media a lot. They're very, very popular right now. Uh, and basically, they sound like Led Zeppelin. Uh, if you took Led Zeppelin and you put them in today... It would be it would be these guys, especially their first two albums sound very very similar. Uh, definitely recommend. Yeah, you go and take good. a listen. Yep. Yeah, they have they have his approval for stamp stamp approved. of approval. The other one that sounds like uh, music that you guys will probably like before we get into Jim's recommendation as a guest appearance on Alexander tells you what to listen to the segment is another band uh, that's actually they produce out of the same studio as Greta Van Fleet they're called Max Saturn not quite as classical rock but almost a little more funky kind of you you described it as being more next decade yeah it's it's almost type. like it's almost it, it's it's kind of 70s a little bit 80s um but it's very good they're not nearly as popular but I dec- go listen to them you guys will like them Greta Van Fleet Max Saturn and if you don't like them keep it to yourself I'm just kidding. Leave I, a comment I, down below and give us some music I, recommendations as well. I we thought we'd go start on a little bit different of a note. But going back to our RPG D&D theme, I have been meaning to mention this band for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, I think you have. I don't think that I have. I've I, been, think, I think you did in one po- very briefly in one podcast, but I'm not sure. Well, and we have decided that, I mean, I, okay, let me start over. Mm-hmm. The... The band, I want to say that it actually just consists of a guy who does all the recordings and mixes it all together to create these D&D-themed songs, okay? The band guy is called Loot the Body, and I've mentioned it to a couple of our viewers you know, in, in individual messages, but Loot the Body is primarily, they have a a series of YouTube videos that highlight their music. And we're going to risk sacrificing our monetization of this channel, of this particular podcast, so that I can play you a little bit of Loot the Body. And I highly encourage you, I will put the link to Loot the Body's YouTube channel down below. I highly encourage you to go and listen to the music if you're an older D&D fan or a, a OSR fan. So at the risk of losing... The 38 cents we were going to make off of this video. This is my point. I'm going to play you a little bit of the song by Loot the Body, Tomb of Horrors. Oh, you're just going to play it right into the microphone. Why not? I thought you were going to edit it in. No, that's way too sophisticated that's for way me to be able to do. Effort, so, yeah. you know, so the sound quality is going to be bad because of the way I'm doing it. But listen to it anyway. It's, it's fun. Without further ado, Loot the Body. Hang on. And again, this is a song about the great module, Tomb of Horrors. 
Those of you familiar with Tomb of Horrors, you'll know exactly what he's singing about. Come on, this is good. You know it's it. pretty good. I love it. Okay, okay, okay. I, I, I think we've... Wait, let's just hit the chorus. Come on, it's good. Anyway. Oh, I, sorry, I'm going to let this play. Now, those of you who are into 70s music, I mean, come on. Seriously. We've got to do one more section. Yeah. Here. Yep. And then I'll turn it. Anyway. Welcome back to 103.5, the old <laughs> Warlock Radio. Hey, that would be fun. That actually kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Do do a yeah. Not do a you know. We'd have to do a pirate station, but you know that'd be fine. Anyway, uh, loot t- tomb of horrors from loot the body. They have songs that cover all kinds of modules. He has songs that cover all kinds of modules. I will put a link down below because I really want to encourage him to keep making stuff because it's fun. Uh, the the things no, he yeah. does, and it's 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 primarily got that seventies sound to it. But I just like the fact that he's taking the Tomb of Horrors and writing a song about yeah. it. I mean, come on. That's that's a lot of fun. So so thank you for coming along with us, us on the first and only ever segment. Now, I might bring this back up. Alexander. The next time it might be Jim Suggests. Jim Suggests. Jim, that that Jim, one won't be worth listening to. Anyway. Anyway. It's going to be like that, huh? Mm-hmm. So that's our banter for the day. That's banter. That and is we our are, banter. I think, about 15 minutes in. Whoa, we better get we better get moving on some actual content. Some here. actual content for you guys. Uh, very quickly, we are going to make, be making a change in the way that we, wor- we work these podcasts, which is problematic yes. given the fact that we just talked for 15 minutes about music. Yes. Um, moving forward, what we're going to do, for those of you who have been with us for a while, you will know that we've been using uh, the website Coffee for any sort of contributions donations that anybody wants to make to us in our ability to continue funding this channel these adventures this the nonsense that we, that we do that we do yeah but we've decided uh recently to make the switch from coffee no offense to coffee to patreon just because you know it's a, they it's have, better known they offer a little bit more they're yeah. better known so all of the links where it used to say coffee on our website youtube videos podcasts all that is going to be changed to patreon we're going to be launching that here sometime soon and really one of the primary things that we're going to be doing with that is we're going to cut the podcasts in half uh so we're going to give about a half hour of free podcast content which is just a little bit less than what we were doing before and then we're going to put take that second half hour of every podcast ish again half hour ish uh, and we're going to put that on the patreon behind just a very small paywall for anybody who might want to contribute uh to us 
being able to continue to do this. Yeah, and again, we've we've said this before, we're not here to make a fortune off this, but nope. we would like to get to the point where what we're doing pays for itself. Yes. Uh, um, and you know, there are things that need to be purchased for the channel stuff like that. So we're not we're, we're not we're not asking you guys to go and do that by any means anything like that. And this is not our job. No. Uh but it's really not going to affect the content that we put out no. in any way. You're still going to get all this stuff for free. But if you want to hear a little bit more of some of the things we talk about, maybe get a more in-depth look into the way that we play the game and experiences we've had in the game specifically, uh, we're going to put those on the Patreon. Yeah. So if you'd like to hear some about those, keep your eyes open for that because that should be up and moving here sometime soon. Some, sometime, yeah, sometime soon. Yes. Um, so there we go. Let's move on. Moving on. Two, do we want to do the alarms and excursions now? Yes. We just made a video about this <coughs> 45 minutes ago. We did. Um, same uh, shirt. Same, Yeah, same shirt, same cup of coffee. Uh, Alarm Zone Excursions, for those of you who do not know what it is, it is a, it is a role-playing game fanzine from 1975. And it also dealt with wargaming and things like that. Um, but it's been running since 1975. I've been reading it recently and really love it i ended up picking up copies pdf copies of the first 15 uh, first first 15 editions um you can buy them from a woman named lee gold at here uh oh well we won't put it on the screen we'll put it in the in the description of the video hmm. but and but. If, if you don't see that you can just type in alarms and excursions and then you can go there they have a web presence and you can buy uh, pdfs of the original fanzine editions for like a dollar 80 or something like that but they're a great read if you're interested in the history of uh D. but i'm going to change up a little bit on what we had discussed earlier all right we i just have a couple of things that i want to bring to your attention out of alarms and excursions we talked about gary gygax in a video and some of the comments that he made in alarms and excursions mm -hmm. back in 1975 but there are some other cool things that we wanted to include and talk about so we're going to do that here on the podcast do that so one of the things that I thought was very interesting was Mark Swanson's special abilities chart. Um, this is from Alarms and Excursions. Alarms and Excursions. <laughs> this is from Alarms and Excursions. But I believe this is from back in the day, back in the 1970s, um, there was definitely regional styles to playing D&D. &D, and this is from the Los Angeles area. But Mark Swanson ended up coming up with a list of things for clerics and fighters and thieves you would roll the dot you would roll six-sided dice and so you'd roll two six-sided and then you would get an extra bonus thing now i've done this as uh, in something that i call a goodie table where i just give you maybe a plus two dagger or a plus one dagger or a to horse to or something start your like character that. off with yeah these are a little more involved a little deeper than that mm. but i just thought i'd point out a couple of these uh and also let you know that this is, you know, I'm sure a lot of people do the same thing today, mm -hmm. but there's some other, this, this goes way back. Again, to be but, found in alarms and excursions. Yes. But I'm not going to read all of these. I just wanted to touch on a few of the possible bonuses you could get if you rolled your dice on Mark Swanson's special abilities table. Uh, number one is a plus two to constitution. So there's, you know, you can change your attributes. But yeah. going down a little bit further, you could be, you could get the bonus of being a good horseman. Uh, you can buy a horse 20% off, and you're also good with animals. There was one, you could be a locksmith, 10% chance to open locks, plus one to dexterity. Not necessarily not necessarily that you were a thief, you were just good with locks. Hmm. Um, 
the he has in here that you could be labeled a woodsman and you get a plus one save against poisons. I like this one. Keen sense of smell might be one of your attributes. 50% uh, accuracy to, in terms of figuring out what a smell was. Um, weather prediction is another one. There is keen sight. You can see 20 feet farther than normal in dungeons. I mm. kind of dig that. Um, I like this one. You can smell evil or good. 50% chance of accuracy. Uh, plus two saving throws against charm, trance, or sleep. Uh, good night vision, good hearing. Uh, makes you hard to surprise. It's another one. There's another one, Mountain Man. And I think that this is actually kind of a nod. Well, it's not a nod, but I think that the barbarian may have looked back and said, you know, that's a really good idea. Mm. The Mountain Man is a quick healer. Gets plus one hit point per uh, healing period. And then he also has plus one to constitution. <laughs> to the last two on this list, flesh tastes horrible. Most monsters will only bite you once. I like that one. That one's fun. And then there's also undead friend, but you have a minus two to your charisma for being a friend to the undead. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I thought those were kind of cool. I think they're fun. I like that, because uh, I like your chart, because I always get stuff, but I also like the idea of just changing something about your character a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, Mark Swanson, in the description of why he did this, was he wanted to make characters a little more unique. Mm -hmm. So instead of just rolling up, okay, you've got your first level cleric, you've got your first level cleric, and you've got yours, yeah. each of those clerics is slightly different. And then if you're a smart player, you can take those extra bonuses and turn them into something that really is beneficial to the party. Yeah. Even if you've got multiple of the same um, character in the party. Or at the very least, just makes things more interesting. So, one interesting thing that came out of Alarms and Excursions, I'm going to go to another cool thing. Let's Alarms hear it. Alarms and Excursions. This is a monster. Monsters. These are monsters. Uh, the first one is the Bander Log. <laughs> and I really like these. Mm -hmm. These are small monkeys. Oh, God. Each of whom has one to six lassos, with which he is 50% accurate. Uh, they swing from the ceiling. They attempt to lasso people and to take them away to their lair if it is near. They need one lasso to lift each 50, each 1,000 encumbrance, including the person's weight of approximately 1,750. An edged weapon has a 50% chance of cutting the rope. If the lasso misses, the monkey will attempt to lasso again the next round. If the lasso is cut, the monkey will notice it and a turn later and try to lasso again with a different lasso. Mm. Um then he uh, he goes through which part of the body will be lassoed if the monkey is successful. <laughs> and that includes the neck. So if the neck is lassoed for six melee rounds, the victim um, will need two to eight turns to recover their breath if they are um, rescued. But the there's a 30% chance the bander log will work with one to three great apes. So this is where... Now, I've got a feeling... Now that I think about it, I think the Bander Log appears in later editions of Monster Manuals, but or something very similar to this. But I, this is hmm. this is nineteen seventy five. We're talking. This about, is so interesting. This is cool. I will give it a Google. Keep the people interested. I will keep the people interested by going into one more monster from Alarms and Excursions, and and there are numerous monsters in this thing. But they uh, this person who developed this actually went in and talked about Tribbles. Now, for those of you who are original Star Trek fans, <laughs> for, those of you, for those of you who like the original Star Trek series, you'll know what a Tribble is. Uh, Kirk they, over Picard. 
Yay, yay. Um, triples, always hungry. Reproduce rapidly, doubling number for each meal's rations given. Charisma, equivalent to charm person for each member of the party. Uh, they warn of, of approach. Uh, they warn of the approach of chaotics by making hostile sounds. They purr when stroked by lawful or neutral people. Frequently found in conjunction. <laughs> okay, this is going beyond. <clears throat> Frequently, twenty percent found in conjunction with one to twelve trekkies who will attach themselves to elves and other creatures with pointed ears. Trekkies are lawful and tend to bring ransom from devoted parents. <laughs> they have protection from evil and charm person. So. Just another interesting little thing, pop culture, 1975. Yeah. And they turned it into this kind of funky little monster, which I like, though. I do like The Tribble. It's one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek, which is an unpopular opinion. I know that. But I did find some interesting information about the Banderlog. Yes, would you yes. like to hear it? I would love to hear it. Banderlog, uh, apparently it's a Hindi term. Yeah. It's a term used in Rudyard Kipling's The Jungle Book to describe the monkeys of the Sayani jungle, which is interesting because I've never, I've never read The Jungle Book. Um, in Hindi, bandar means monkey and log means uh, people. Hence, the term simply refers to monkey people. The monkey people. Yeah. So nice. I guess they're kind of like more sentient monkeys in the Jungle Book originally. So cool. Both of these taken from other actual things. Nice. Anyway, just two things from Alarms and Excursions, and this is from Volume, um, the first edition of Alarms and Excursions, I believe. Yes. That was from June of 1975. Off, so. off to a great start with alarms and excursions. Yes. lot. We'll be bringing you a lot more things from alarms, from alarms and, and excursions. excursions. Yeah. And link to how to find alarms, alarms and, excursions and excursions for yourself down below. Mm -hmm. Be sure to check out alarms and excursions. So, what next? Are we done talking about alarms and excursions? I could go on. <laughs> well. How long have we been at this? I actually am not exactly sure. Can we see from the here? You know what? Entertain the people. Okay. So, um, how can I entertain the people here while you're doing this? Let me think. Um, well, uh, Alexander's back. What did you find out? Found out that we've been going for about 25 minutes. 25 minutes. 25 minutes. Uh, yeah, sorry about the issues with the timing we're still trying to figure it out we're not very good at this but we can't count what we could talk about is drum roll we could talk about your sea rovers we could um yeah yeah the sea rovers in my, his dungeon the dragons campaign, campaign his dungeon the dragons world are Perhaps it's best if you tell the people about them. I, well, we've had some comments from people just wanting, they're just curious about what kind of things I've developed for my campaign over the years. Yes. And one of them that we talked about a while back was the Sea Rovers. Yes. Um, this was, in this I created this probably 1979. Mm -hmm. And the Sea Rovers are essentially an entirely water-based or ship-based empire. Mm-hmm except for a limited number of trading posts that mm -hmm. they've established in various in various places around the world. Uh, the Sea Rovers are, I originally developed them as kind of a, almost like a Phoenician, or based on the, uh, the Phoenician Empire. Mm. Fun fact about them. The Phoenician where, Trading Empire. That's where we get the alphabet. We use the phonetic alphabet. 
Phonetian, phonetic. I think there's a link there. I think there might be. Could be. Anyway, uh, the Sea Rovers are based in the city of Boston. Not Boston, Boston, Boston. Uh, and if you're interested, one of the things that we will that I will probably make available on Patreon mm-hmm. is a map of Boston that I've developed in Incarnate. At some point, yeah. It won't be there immediately, but down the road it probably will be. Yeah, it's a pretty cool city. Pretty cool map. But uh, the thing about the Sea Rovers is they are they're they're not lawful good. They are neutral good with lawful tendencies. My favorite way to be. And they they tend to they have a, a huge fleet of ships and they're just their entire empire, like we've said before like I said before, is built on trade. And they have developed ships over the years that are almost twice as big as most other trading vessels in the northern section of my campaign. Big boats. They're enormous. And they also when they set up a originally Decades and decades and, well, centuries ago, they when they developed their trading posts, they were just small places on the coastline with you know, palisade fences. They have since evolved into enormous cities that are centers for trade yeah. in various parts of the world. They're very strategically placed, and there's always... It's an incredibly powerful uh, trade-based empire. Mm. The issue that they create, though, is that they completely dominate trade. Mm. A and monopoly, so if you will. They have, a, they have a definite monopoly on trade. So this has led over the years. There have been, in the early centuries, there were a number of the larger countries and even some uh, trading city-states that decided they wanted to try and compete mm. with the sea rovers. And the sea rovers ruthlessly put these things down so really a lot of the trade that takes place now is through illicit trade Mm. because most major trade has to go through sea rover trading ports Mm. because that's just the way things have evolved and there's been some strong arm tactics by the sea rovers to make this happen Mm. so they tend to frown upon people who set up independent trading centers and this is a point of contention and the source of a lot of adventures in my campaign. Did they ever trade over the land or is it just... No, they do. They never trade over land. Mm. They um, only trade via, uh, on the sea, but they really like the idea, like I said, they really like the idea of dominating all major sea trade. Now, if you have an individual ship that is hauling a load of lumber from point A to point B across a strait, they're not going to be concerned about that. But larger, uh, luxury good long-distance sea travel, Mm -hmm. they want it to go with their ships. Makes sense. Now, when I said that they they had lawful tendencies, Mm -hmm. in their minds, they're doing the right thing by safely transporting these goods. Mm. But there are others who would argue, no, you're just swinging your weight around and actually making it more difficult for people to make a living because you want to have all the trade. So... One of the many moral conundrums that one can find. I have a lot of moral conundrums in my campaign. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. I like people having to, the player characters having to make a decision as to whether or not, you know, if someone does lawful good, does that mean that they're actually good? Or can there, can there actually be shades of evil in lawful good, depending oh, on your perspective? Oh, of course can be. Right, Mr. Philosophy Major. Yes. Um, which is true. He's, he gets his philosophy degree here in just a couple of weeks. On Saturday. Um, that's right. We have to go down. We have to go to, to uh, yep. your university. Graduation number two. 
Anyway. Anyway, so moral conundrums, um, and this also leads for a lot of political um, campaign, uh, for the campaign to have a lot of political components. Which I have always enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a fun aspect of, I like that in fantasy books. I like that in fantasy movies. I think that that's a, I think it's a, it's, it's, it's an oft overlooked part. I agree. Of fantasy. Because you can create governments and, you know, politics and whatever you want it to be. But you have a little bit more free range, I think, yes. to, to do that. You can create more diverse groups than I think you can in other genres of creativity. Well, because there's no, there's really no law. There's no, there's no, um, not law. There's no structure no. in fantasy campaigns that says you can't do this. Yeah. I mean, anything is on the table. But. The one, the one thing that I do remember um, when my character visited Boston was uh what are they the 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 Fran- frangian guards mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from uh, the roman emperor from the byzantine empire the, the varangian the guard. varangian guards yes. yeah from from the byzantine empire you took that basically yes. and dropped that into boston which i thought was very cool there's a lot of historically based things in his campaign i mean i yeah i that's that's history's my thing it has that's my, i was professional in in the field of history and archaeology and yeah the varangian guard uh, Vikings, you know, the whole Varangian Guard Constantinople thing was always fascinated with me. So I thought, there, hey, why not drop it into Boston? For anybody who hasn't heard of that, it's basically the, the Norse people were picked up and shipped, brought to Constantinople, which was the capital of the Byzantine Empire, as guards because they were supposed to be like the best fighters in that were available yes. for purchase. Right, yeah. they. I mean, everybody feared them. Yeah. And yeah, they, they were... They were also huge compared to the people. Well, and... Interesting side note, and then we'll get back to the task at hand. In the Church of Hagia Sophia mm. in Istanbul. Mm-hmm. We're really deviating now. Yeah, I know. We're going off the deep end here. Yeah. But in um, on a balustrade in the second, I believe it's the second floor. I've, I've been there. I've seen it. There are actually Viking runes carved into the balustrade, uh, which were put there by a member of the Varangian Guard. That's really cool. A long, long time ago. Viking being a very broad term. But, yeah, 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 it is. Uh, but still, member of the Varangian Guard knew, uh, put put the, uh, and I, I think I want, to, I want to say it says Half Dan was here, something like that. But uh, anyway, but that yeah, kind I, of stuff fires my imagination, and I want to do what I can to drop that into my campaign. Yeah, and I very distinctly remember going through, um, it's, it's very different from the other cities on that continent, because it's so much more organized. You can tell that they take things a little bit more seriously in Very terms of people yes. do not act out <laughs> right. while they're there because i had these these huge people were walking around in groups of four yeah. with a magic user with them as well yeah. so yeah. law and order is a is a definite in anything that in any of the uh sea rover yeah. trading centers but it makes it fun if you have to go there and do something nefarious because you have to find a way to get around those people to do what you need yeah, to Yeah, I can get imagine done. it would be a little bit more stressful than than others. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. But anyway. So, um, to be honest, that's where we're going to have to cut this one off. Really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, so. Okay. For the first half, for the free portion of this podcast, thank you so much for listening. Yes. You yes. guys are wonderful. Thanks for stopping by. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And we will talk to you again in podcast number 11. Yep. Sometime soon. Coming up soon. For those of you who are going to stick around, we're about to get started. There you go. Or for those of you who want to, who are Patreon subscribers. Yeah. Or Patreon members. 
we'll continue this discussion. So the second half of the podcast will begin in three, two, one.